This is Jocko Podcast number 55 with Echo Charles and me, Jocko Willink. Good evening, Echo. Good evening. Well, our last podcast, which I guess is no surprise at this point, went a little long. We did not have room for Q&A. So because of that, we have, we will dedicate podcast number 55 today to Q&A. Questions from the interwebs. Thanks to everyone that has submitted questions through the interwebs so that we can attempt to answer some of them. Yeah. And with that, Echo Charles. Yes. Questions from the interwebs. Roger. What do you got? Well, first question is, how important is purpose, reason, or cause in being successful? Like the perp- your purpose. Right. Well, clearly purpose and reason and cause are extremely important. This is this is the why of of your actions. This is knowing why you're doing what you're doing. This is the commander's intent. And so you you absolutely absolutely these are important. If you don't know why you're doing something, well then let me ask you a question. Why are you doing something? <laughs> it does, it's it's very clear, it's very simple to understand. So yeah, you got to know if if you don't know why you're doing something then what what are you going to do when you hit an obstacle? You're going to stop. What do you what what adaptations are you going to make when things go wrong to overcome them? You're not going to make any cuz you don't know why you're doing it. Yeah. So if you have no reason, if you have no reason for doing something, you're not going to do it. So you got to have a long-term goal. You got to understand the underlying purpose of what you're doing. Now, this doesn't necessarily mean that it mean that it has to be rigid. Because it doesn't have to be rigid. You know, I'll tell you, an interesting case as an example, I'll give you, is my own case, (laughs) right? Mm -hmm. So, of course, you know, I'm all about planning and and always having a long-term plan and all that stuff. But to be honest with you, the situation that I'm in right now as a human, Mm -hmm. I didn't have a long-term plan for this. You know, Mm -hmm. the, the... the I you know Leif and I wrote the book. I had no intention of writing a book. That kind of happened, you know, because people were asking us, and and as we worked with businesses, they said you have this stuff written down. So we ended up writing the book. Mm. Once we wrote it, we thought maybe we'd be handing it out when we go and work with companies. Literary agents saw it today. Let me let me show this to some publishers. Publishers saw it said let, let us publish this. Okay, so you figure you're going to publish it. Well. Even when you publish a book, you don't expect that a bunch of people are going to read it. You expect that you're going to have a book published and that's cool. But it ended up doing really well. So that kind of happened. With that, all of a sudden I was on a couple of podcasts. Well, I didn't, you know, I didn't have any intention. When I went on Tim Ferriss's podcast, I didn't say to myself, this is going to propel me into my own podcast. Or Joe Rogan's podcast. I didn't say, now, you know, Joe Rogan's going to launch me into the podcast world. No. Hmm. I didn't expect that, but it happened. And you know what? It happened. It made sense to me. Okay, these two guys are squared away. They're squared away in this particular genre, and they're recommending. My mind is open. Okay, let's try and make a podcast. Did I know that the podcast was going to be super popular? No, I just thought we were making a podcast so that you know the few people would want to listen to it. Cool. For, I mean, then look what happens. Next thing you know, we're we're making tea. You know, <laughs> next thing I'm making tea. I, I had no no idea mm. that that tea would be part of my world. So th- th- all this stuff happened, 
right? But but the goal, really the underlying, the reason for me doing all this is still the same through the whole thing. And that is that I wanna help people. I wanna help people with something that, the, the lessons that I've learned, I wanna help them. So how can I do that? Well, you write them down. Okay, you wrote it down so people can read it, great. How else can you help them? Oh, you can make a podcast so people can access it easily and cheaply, cool, here you go. So the underlying goal, oh, you know, I want people to be healthy. Well, what's a good way to be healthy? Stop drinking monster energy drinks. Stop drinking Red Bull 12 a day yeah. and start drinking something that's healthier. Oh, okay, cool. Jocko White tea, next thing you know. That's what we've got going on. So yeah. it's it's that's been my that's been my goal. And I haven't really, even though I've even though I strayed from what maybe the original path I thought I was gonna take, I still stayed, my reason is the same. And I think that, that's what I'm saying. When your reason is clear and your purpose is clear, that's gonna make your drive clear. And that's gonna make you execute well because you know where you're going, you know you where you wanna be, you understand your purpose and why you're doing something, and that's what's gonna help you be successful, in my opinion. Do you think that like how, um, you know, people, they'll be like, this is my why and it'll be like their kids or something like that. Do you think that falls within this? Like, you know, like reason, purpose and all this stuff. Yeah, like, I think I think that that's the same. The same general The guy could have said purpose, reason, cause, why. I think that that yeah. Yeah, the question could have said that. I think that if your purpose is your kids, really clear example, right? And a lot of people might say that. Well, that's cool. But that's you're going to have to clarify that a little bit more because right. if your purpose is your kids, then quit your job and just spend all day with your kids. Well, then right. obviously you're not supporting your kids because now you can't afford to buy them food. Yeah, it's like it right? seems like there's a lot so, of different. So your your goal should be taking good care of and providing for your children's now and in the future. Wow. Okay. Now that makes sense. Now you're looking long term, short term. You gotta. You know that you have to work hard now. You don't have to make investments for them. So that that's right. the kind of thing. That's beyond just a simple. I'm doing this for my kids. Because right. what are you doing for your kids? What are you trying to achieve for? Yeah. So, like. For using that example, like this is my why. It's my daughter. It's less. This is why I'm. You know, I don't know. Writing a book. It's more. This is why I can endure the hard days. Or this is why I'm gonna continue to work hard. Kind of thing. At whatever it is I'm doing. Yeah, you just thing. have an underlying. Yes, an underlying reason. That's that's the question, and I think that's the answer. Yes. Yeah. It's pretty. I actually, I should have just answered that in yes, two fully. words. I should have said, "How important is purpose, reason, cause, and being successful?" Answer: Very, Very important. important. There yeah. you go. You can have a lot of different reasons too, you know, or like a, a few core, re more than one. Is what I'm yeah, saying. you know what I'd say. If there's anything to be taken away from this question, it is: if you don't feel, here's the here's I would say the takeaway: if you don't feel some kind of drive in your life, if yeah, you don't yeah. feel passionate about something, if you feel like you're wandering and meandering through the world, then it's time to assess. Then it's time to say, okay, what is my reason? What am I trying to do? What would I like to do yeah. in the world? Now we get something valuable here. Yeah. We all know that you gotta have a purpose. You all gotta have a reason. So if you feel yourself meandering down the path with no reason, no purpose, dig in and find one. Yeah. Next question. I want to begin training in jujitsu, but financial constraints dictate that I can keep my gym membership to keep getting after it at 4 a.m. or begin training jujitsu, but not both. Hmm. 
What do oh, I it's, do? Oh, it's a black and white question, is it? One or the other. Okay, first of all, <clears throat> check around your area and see if there's a gym that has both. Right. I know that's one of the reasons that we created my gym, Victory MMA. There's an and fitness on there too. Because yep. no matter what you want to do, if you're in the game, you can do it there. You can do striking, you can do jujitsu, you can do wrestling, you can do boxing, you can do weightlifting, all you kinds can do of CrossFit, you can do Olympic lifting, you can do powerlifting, you can do calisthenics, you can so, so you can do everything there. That's why we created the gym. And you and it's not more expensive than a, a straight jujitsu gym, or it's not more expensive than a straight CrossFit gym. It's actually cheaper than bo- most of both of those. So Look around, see if you have a gym that has both. And if you if there's no gym around there that has both, maybe you do what I did and you start a gym that has both, right? I mean, you could do that. I did it. Did it with some of my buddies. Said, hey, you know what? We want to we want to train all the time in all these different aspects. How can we do that? Can we go to one gym at you know four o'clock in the afternoon? We have to go to another gym at five o'clock. Then we have to go to another gym at seven o'clock. Do we want to do that? No. <laughs> so what do we do? Make our own gym. Make it what we want. And guess what? When you do something like that in the business world, if you, if you, I think, I think Tim Ferriss said, scratch your own itch, right? You, you, you have an itch that you want to scratch. There's other people that are going to have the same itch, and that's what happened oh, yeah. with our gym. So everyone yeah. goes, yeah, I want to train. Of course, I want to train. So maybe you start your own gym, and oh, you're not a skilled uh, Brazilian jiu-jitsu practitioner. Guess what? For the first time ever. In America, there's actually a bunch of really good jujitsu practitioners. And maybe you couldn't get a black belt to come to where you live. Maybe you could, because there's a good chance you could. But a brown belt, a purple belt, they can be a good, inst- a great instructor. Yep. So you might open up a gym and start that. Now, that doesn't mean also that you have to make a huge investment to do that. You could start off with your garage yep. and some mats. So that's an idea. Another thing you could do if you, okay, so that doesn't exist. How about you find, jujitsu is, this is a tough one, right? We wanna stay healthy, we wanna stay fit. But jujitsu is kind of the priority. It's kind of the priority, and I'll tell you why. Sure. It's learning, right? Yeah. If, you take, if you take me and you, and we go through this situation, and you decide that you're gonna do jujitsu, and I decide I'm gonna weight lift, in 10 years, who's happy and who's sad? <laughs> Yeah. We know the answer. Mm-hmm. The answer is clearly now I start because I now I have enough money. So six years into it, I start training jujitsu, and you're a brown belt or a black belt, yeah. and and I don't have this knowledge, and it's going to take me six years to get there. Meanwhile, you while you were training, guess what else you were doing? You were doing calisthenics. You were sprinting. You were you were lifting rocks. You were doing cheap stuff for free, and you're still getting massive benefit. Yep. So for me. My priority is going to go to the jujitsu because you can go and spend $40 on a set of rings for your garage or your basement or your hallway. And next thing you know, you can do pull-ups, you can do dips, you can do muscle-ups, you can do squats and sprints all day long. You don't need anything for that. So you can get a massive benefit with a set of rings or you can just get a pull-up bar and you can just do pull-ups and, and you go to Home Depot and buy a pipe and a couple nails and nail it into the wall. You got a pull-up bar, now you can do pull-ups, push-ups, and squats, and you're good to go. You could become a beast with those exercises. So I would prioritize and and, and do that. I would prioritize the jiu-jitsu and I'd make some kind of a home gym or I'd go to a YMCA or some cheaper kind of gym. The other thing, you go to your jiu-jitsu school and become the mop person. Start cleaning up, start mopping mats. 
that's another thing you can do to, to make this happen. Maybe you can get a little deal cut at both places. Most gym places that, you know, if you go in there and say, hey, look, I, I, I need, I can't afford this right now. What can you do for me? Maybe they'll cut you some kind of a deal. Yeah. The other thing that you can likely do now, you're saying you don't have the budget for this situation. What is it in your budget right now that you can cut out? Yeah. That's my question. And, and the funny thing is, what can you cut out? Coffee? A lot of people drink two or three dollars worth of coffee a day, probably even more than that. I don't oh, know. Right. You're a coffee drinker. Yeah, you're well, a coffee drinker. How, how much? How much does a coffee addict drink a day from Starbucks? Yeah, that's a spectrum. And, uh, you know. It, but we're talking from Starbucks? Yeah, like, like three, yeah, like four that cups kind. a day? Yeah, if you're going to Starbucks and buying, yeah, I think, I don't know, I, I don't buy it from Starbucks. I just, well, I get coffee from on it, to be honest with you. But, but, <laughs> so you can make your own at home and stuff. But um, but if someone it, works near a Starbucks, they yeah. stop on the way to it's work in the morning. It's more than a gym membership. It's four, for f- sure. four bucks a day. Yeah. So that's 120 bucks a month. Yeah. So boom, you cut out coffee or you make your own. Make your own coffee, yeah. And you're good to go. What about the nights that you go out to eat? You're like, oh, you know, I don't feel like cooking. I don't go out to a little restaurant. That costs you 30, 40 bucks a shot. Yeah. Get rid of that. What about your cable bill? Your cable bill. You're watching TV. Nothing. Zero productive coming out of that. Zero. You're not doing anything beneficial for yourself. Get rid of your cable. Mm-hmm. Next thing you know, you get rid of your cable. And now you got enough money for your gym membership. You know, cell, how's another one? Cell phone usage, right? We rack up the big numbers on cell phone. What are you doing? What, what are you doing? Is it to surf the interwebs and get, you know, lose your mind? So what can you cut down on that? Because I'm thinking now you could scrape away a little bit here and there. Just lower your plan and use your, use your phone less. You're watching the UFC, getting the UFCs. I love the UFC. But instead of watching it at home for 50 bucks or 59 bucks, go to a bar and pay 10 bucks to get in and watch it there for 10 bucks. You just save 40 bucks or however many bucks that was because I forgot what price I gave. <laughs> yeah, it depends. Uh, see, you know, there's all kind of movie night. What about the, no, you're going to go see the new movie yeah. in the theater. Yeah. No, don't go see the new movie in the theater. That cost, that's expensive now, isn't it? Yes. Is it more so. than $10? Dang, I, have, I don't even remember. Last, I think it's like 10 or 15 I think it's 11, yeah. Well, I went one time, it was 11. That was just like over a year ago, though. Yeah, so cut that out. Bike to work. You know, do something. You start shaving a little bit of money because in the long run, what you're going to get from these two things, from fitness and from jiu-jitsu, are going to be going to have so much value yeah, in more. your life. Yeah. There's going to be they're going to be way, worth way more what these little marginal things that you're cutting out are. Yeah, and that way, like in the beginning, how you said, like, what is it that you can cut out? So basically, you're you're identifying what is it right now that you're considering more important than mm-hmm. jujitsu or mm-hmm. the gym or whatever. Which the term, the actual answer to that is nothing. There's yeah. nothing more important than your life, than your fitness, and. Really, your jujitsu is part of your yeah. fitness, and also it's knowledge and it's confidence and it's yeah. Okay, I'm. I know that people are gonna freak out. Okay, I'm not saying it's the most important thing in your life, but, yeah, but in terms of in terms of of purchases that you can make, yes, these two things are of the highest level. Now you need a car to get back and forth to work. Understood. Yeah. You need a house for to sleep in. Understood. You need yeah. food on the table. Understood. Yeah. You need to take care of your family. Understood. As soon as you get into the optional things in life, these are the top two. Yeah. These are the top two. I, I think so too. And tell me I'm wrong. I don't, I'm not, I can't tell you. Okay, you're wrong. good. But when, so 
but making the as far as making the decision goes you're you're essentially identifying what you currently are holding more important than it regardless of what yes. you think is more important you're, you you got to identify it and your actions but, are a statement yeah yes of what you believe yeah and that um a big one too is like drinking like i don't know not everyone drinks so who knows i don't know some this person might not drink at all but if you buy a six pack of beer let's say you do that you know I don't know, twice a week or something like that. That's like more that's than your, a gym your membership too. Yeah, that's your. That's like your the energy. coffee thing is big too, but yeah, there, yeah, there's a lot of little little ways. The cable thing, I gotta be honest, only because you're probably not the only one that watches TV. I know it, the the argument is like, hey, TV isn't good, quote unquote, for anybody. So everyone should just be signed on in the household kind of thing. So what's your point? It's not that easy all the time. I'm just saying, you know, like there is going to be some ripples in the, you know, especially when you first make that transition. If you choose to take it upon yourself to cut out cable because you want to go to jujitsu now. Oh, and you make everyone in your house. You improve everyone in your house mentally I know, and physically. But, but and now they're mad at you. I know, but it's like <laughs> surgery. You got to make that initial incision and open up everything and make a mess before you can repair. You know, so yeah. that that initial part is going to be most of a rough you, can get, you can get ways around that too. You get Netflix yeah. or Hulu, yeah, yeah, or one of those things that you get streaming on demand, right? <laughs> the which is kind of where everything's going anyway, really, right now. Yeah, but yeah, there's some there's, there's some good stuff too. Good. So as far as the find a way to do both. It can be done. Yeah, you can do it. Get creative. Next. The, the home gym is good. That's good because that's something you can just start slowly and start adding to. Yeah, forty slowly, bucks. Forty you know? bucks, you got rings. But you're, after you're a while, pff, yeah, you'll be good to go for sure. Uh, okay, next question, Jocko. Had an incident I wanted your opinion on. I love your book and podcast. Always listen and apply your lessons to my life, job, and family. I was driving home one night with my wife and four-year-old son in the car when some drunk idiot was walking in the middle of the roadway. He stood in front of my car, refusing to move, running his mouth. My wife begged me not to get out of the car. The guy reached into his front, reached into his front waistband like he had a gun, and I'll. And although myself being a police officer and having countless incidents and experience like this, I didn't feel he did. More like drunken bravado or grandstanding. In any case, I was, I was armed and having trained in boxing and a little bit of jujitsu felt I could have handled the situation. This lasted about a minute of him standing there and eventually I just drove around him while he was running his mouth, calling me names and all that stuff. My first priority, obviously, is getting my family home safely and making sure nobody will ever do any harm to them. But another part of me felt like, what am I teaching my son? I mean, is that okay? Um, you know, is that okay to let people disrespect you and act any way they want towards you? So I dropped off my uh, so I dropped off my family and went back looking for the guy. He was gone. I guess lucky for me as well as him. I'm questioning my decision, not out of ego, but only because of the example I want to be to my son. That you never go looking for trouble and confrontation, but you don't back down from it either. Ever. Okay. Well, just first of all, you won. Mm -hmm. Just so you know, you won. You got a wife and a kid. Yeah. You won. Right, so options. What are the options here? Well, for one, if you're a police officer, you could call the police. You could 
you know, on get on your radio and call him to say what's going on and have this guy arrested before he causes on the, uh, an actual accident being out in the road like an idiot, being out in the road like an idiot. So that's an option. But but the other thing is like, what are you trying to teach your son? Are, are you trying to teach your son that he should fight every idiot that offends him? <laughs> He's if you if that's what you teach him. He is not going to have a very productive life or a very nice life. So there's too many negatives, right? That can happen there. This actually happened. to Something similar to this happened to me a little while ago. I was down by the ocean, down by the pier, in the neighborhood where I live, and there was a like a tweaker, crazy, you know, drunk on drugs and all that. And it was it wasn't as direct as this. He wasn't he wasn't saying anything at me. But he's yelling swear words and and he's in front of my kid. My kid, this is when my son was probably six or seven years old. Mm. And he's just alone. He's isolated, but he's swearing and just acting crazy, right? And what I did was I said to my son, okay, you see this guy right here? Have you heard of what drugs are? This is what drugs do to you right here. This, This guy, this is where it ends up. So this guy's a miscreant. He's a criminal. And the other thing I told him, I said, what if this guy attacks us? What do you think would happen? And my son was kind of, you know, well, you would choke him because my son trained jujitsu at that time. And he was, well, you would choke him. And I was like, that's right. I'm not afraid of this guy. We're not afraid of this guy. This is no factor because we know how to fight. We know how to defend ourselves. But that being said, what we want to do is we want to avoid this situation. You know, there's all kinds of all kinds of bad things that can happen there. You know, this I told my son, like this guy could have a knife. This guy could have a gun. This guy could have, this guy could just have a blood-borne disease, right? This guy could have a blood-borne disease. Now I go and get in a fight with him, and now I have a blood-borne disease. Yeah. What, 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 that's horrible. That's a horrible situation. So, like I said, I told him that this is, this is why we train. This is why we know how to use firearms. Because when people are maniacs, and, and if they're insane and psychopathic, and they have weapons, you need to have a weapon yourself. You need to be able to defend yourself. So our pri- this is what I teach my son. My primary objective is to be safe, right? To, to not get, to avoid these situations. And guess what? If you still feel the need to like be a man in the situation or prove that you're a man or prove to your son that, which is valuable. I'm not trying to put that down. You want your son to see that, that, that you should be strong and that you should be able to stand up for yourself and that you will don't ever have to back down to anybody. But that's why your son comes with you to the gym. That's why he trains jujitsu. That's why you train jujitsu. That's why he watches you day in, day out, day out, working out, being strong, being tough, going to the gym, training with firearms. That's why he sees all that stuff. So he knows. I mean, I'll tell you right now, my kids, if you were to ask my kids, like against a random person in the street, they would they basically think I could beat up anyone in the world. You know what I mean? That's what they think because that's, they see yes. me training all the time, right? Mm-hmm. That's all they see me do. So, so that's that. Now, the disrespect part, he disrespected me, right? Mm-hmm. Disrespect, and sometimes, you know, disrespect me is one thing, but now you disrespect my wife, mm. right? Well, again, how can you be disrespected? And that's what I explained. I would explain to my son. You, you cannot dis, be disrespect, be disrespected by someone that has no respect for themselves. 
And if you are a drunk idiot in the street, you have no respect for yourself. You don't, you cannot disrespect me. It is impossible for you to give me disrespect. You don't even respect yourself as a human. So, so that's just, that's just, that just doesn't even count. And I'll tell my son that all day long or, or any of my kids that all day long. You can't be disrespected by someone that doesn't even respect themselves. You know what? I am respect. I'm even respectful to this drunk idiot. Yeah. Giving him the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. I am respect. So, you know, then the other piece is not backing down from trouble, right? And I'm not going to back down from trouble, but I am going to avoid it. <laughs> I'm going to avoid it. And you know what? Trouble avoids me. Yeah, It avoids me. And if you are working out and you're staying strong and you have the confidence because you know you can handle yourself, trouble is going to avoid you 99% of the time. And the other thing is you got to tell your kids. I mean, my, my son is getting older now. If he gets in a fight with someone, he could kill him. I mean, that's just straight up what could happen. And so now I've got to, and, and you know, he's a young kid, so he's got to, he's got to do the things that you're talking about in this question. Prove yeah. himself. Yeah. Prove that he's not going to back down. I was like, I got to explain to him, listen, let me tell you what comes with getting in a street fight. A cool rush, because it's fun, right? It's fun. So you get that. Maybe you get a little bit of props. You get a little bit of respect yeah. from the, from the, you get a cred, right? Some street yeah. cred from your people. Yeah. Let me tell you what else comes with it. Along with those two things, which are, which are cool, Right. Possible jail time, possible injuries, possible lawsuits, the broken hand. I mean, even if it's just, okay, those are the big ones, right? Jail time, which there's been plenty of cases where there was a case here in San Diego, a guy punched another guy, fell in the curb, dead. Died. Right? Yeah. Uh, th- those things really happen. Oh, yeah. Not to mention you could get, you know, so you get jail time, you get an injury. Not not to mention you could get killed, right? Because you think you're a tough guy. Guess what? The greatest MMA fighters in the world get caught with a crack in the face and they get knocked out. You fall down and hit a curb. You you could die. So there's that aspect too. But then you get to the injuries, right? Because you get in a street fight, you're going to get some kind of an injury. You're going to get some kind of an injury. It's just going to happen. You know, whether it's just a little cut or a little abrasion, you're going to have something. That's a pain. It could be a major injury. You could break your hand. That happens all the time. Lawsuits. Because now you're going to get sued. Now they're coming after you. And even if it's just a stupid thing like a ripped jacket or a scuff knee, it just isn't worth it. It isn't worth it, especially because we're talking about an individual that you can crush in an instant and that has no value as a human This not what this person's doing, right? None. This person is an idiot. Don't go down to their level and play that game. Instead, avoid that and go to the gym and train more and be ready. Yeah. That's my opinion. Good job on walking away, going out to find the guy. Luckily, you, you already said luckily you didn't find him. Yeah. Because right now, who knows? Maybe you'd be the guy that's on going to jail. The cop that, oh, you're a cop and you were armed and you went and got in a fight with this guy and you pulled your weapon because you were losing and you shot him. And then what do we see? We see somebody that had a cell phone and they recorded the whole thing and they see you pushing this guy around. Yeah. It's not a good situation. And you got to be ultra responsible when you're carrying. Ultra responsible when you're carrying. You know that. We all know that. When yeah. we carry, we got to avoid. That's that's what we have to do when we're packing. Well, yeah, yeah and you can kind of tell when, when someone's scared. 
you know, when like if this guy and a guy in the street and you're in the car, that's a, I don't know. That seems real obvious. You drive around and you go home. But, it's, you know, if someone's like getting like if you're walking on the sidewalk and he gets in your way, that's, you know, it's kind of different or whatever. But avoiding the situation. Yeah. And you're not scared because you prepare to whatever and you you simply walk around or go the other way or something like that. The people with you, they can tell they can tell you're not scared. You can tell you're making the right decision, but if you are scared, whether you fight the guy or you run away scared, they can tell that too. Yeah. So I had another situation the other day. I was walking down the street with my whole well, oh yeah, with my whole family. Dang. Okay. Going to get some ice cream. It was it was a couple months ago. It was in the summertime. Going to get some ice cream. Hell yeah. I had a discipline disciplinary breakdown in my own mentality. And sure. We were going to get ice cream. Sure. <laughs> so we're walking down the street, and out of nowhere. This guy just gets in my like stood up and got in my face like really fast, and I I I just kind of looked at him and sort of did the, you know, in, into the um, semi not a full on fight stance, but I turned you know like a quarter turn, and just looked at him because I thought okay we're gonna rock and roll we'll we'll make this happen, and it, almost instantly what happened that you just described happened. As soon as the guy got in my face, he like immediately, within one, within a half a second, immediately backed down and, and walked away. It was like he was just trying to prove something, and then he realized really quick he was going to get crushed. Yeah. But anyways, that's the same thing. You know, the yeah. guy could tell. Oh, you want to fight? <laughs> you know. Did I yeah. tell you that story about Hoyler? Hoyler Gracie. Hoyler told me this story, and I guess you know Hoyler's a really good surfer, yeah. and Hoyler was out surfing at a spot. In San Diego and you know, San Diego, like all surfing areas is is pretty um territorial. territorial. And there's some there's some there's some aggression yeah. in the surf. For sure. And anyways, some guy started getting aggressive with, with Hoyler. And Hoyler said to him some classic line. It was something along the lines of, Hey man, you surf for a living, I fight for a living. If you want to go to the beach, let me know. Otherwise, be quiet. <laughs> I thought that was a great line. Nicely done, Hoyler. <laughs> Brad, this time we went on. A but it's the same. You know, Hoyler's small. For those of you who don't know who Hoyler Gracie is, Hoyler's a small, small guy. I mean, he's a, obviously a master of jiu-jitsu, but he's only 150 pounds, 155 pounds maybe. Really yeah. small guy. And, and he's a nice guy. So he's not mm-hmm. a guy that he's not a guy that's going to be intimidated. He's not. He's not. His looks are not going to intimidate anybody. I don't even think yeah. he has cauliflower ears. I mean, it's just, he just looks like a nice guy. Normal and he is yeah. a nice guy. And he's got a nice presence about him. Yeah. So what I'm saying is what, again, to reinforce what you just said, when someone is confident to that level, yeah. even though they're 145 or 150 pounds and look like a nice guy with a smile on their face, when you confidently say, look, you know what I do for a living? I fight. If you want to go to the beach and fight, let me know. Yeah. And the guy says, oh, you know what? I'm good. Yeah, <laughs> I'm yeah. good. I'll just leave you alone. That yeah. sounds like a plan. Yeah. The, the the little detector goes off like danger, you know? Yeah. Danger. I'm going to get my ass beat. Yeah. But and some but some guys are, as far as decision making goes, some guys are crazy, you know? Where, like how you said, like if they're like on drugs or this guy in this case, if he's in the middle of the road acting like, you know, boys in the hood kind, we got a problem here. Kind, that's what he said he was doing. Like, he's obviously off, you mm-hmm. know? Like, he's not a decision maker kind of thing. Yep. So, you know, if you jump into a situ- situation with him, it's kind of unpredictable in that weird way, you know? Yeah, let me tell you something else. Let's say the guy has a gun or doesn't have a gun. You had the moment to get away from him. Yeah. If you thought if he had a yeah. gun, you'd get away from him, right? 
let's say you said, oh, you know what? I'm gonna confront him right now. So you, you let's say you get in a shootout, you kill him. Guess what you gotta do now? You gotta hire a lawyer. You gotta hang up. You gotta take a, a yeah. break from work because you're a cop. There's all these things. It's yeah. so not worth it. It's just a pain yeah. in the ass yeah. is what it is. It's almost like, I mean, maybe I'm wrong here, but it's almost like you can't really, like what, what's the thing? What's the goal we're going for? Mm, you yeah, know, back we, to the, back to the first question of the day. Yeah, what's, the, yeah, what's, what's your what's reason? Your why? What would yeah. be your reason for doing this? Yeah, like I'm gonna go out and um and I'm look for I'm gonna look for the guy, but then like what's the goal? Like what's the out? Like what are we going for there when yeah. we go look for him to tell him not to do that again or yeah. to what to arrest well, him? He, yeah, he's or, going out to kick his ass, I believe. Right, That's what's going on? Yeah, and then even that you don't. A lot of times we don't. I know when you're in that moment, you don't think past that. You're just like, I gotta get my whatever my revenge. Really, is what it is. He shouldn't have done that to me. I'm gonna go teach him a lesson, kind of a thing. I mean, that's the feeling. Anyway. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, but guys are weird, man. You can't jump into that weirdness. Bro, yeah. Just go home with your family and watch When TV. the confrontation happens, the best case scenario isn't good. The best case scenario isn't good. Oh, yeah, good. if you jump like in the, there. No, yeah. Just the best case scenario that's going to happen, yeah. it isn't good. Yeah. Because you got, even if you walk up and knock the guy out with one clean punch, you got a you got a broken finger. You know you got a broken knuckle. Yeah. Even if you walk up and choke the guy, you got his grimy puke all over. You know what I mean? It's just yeah. there, there's nothing that good is gonna come out of it. Yeah, and oog, other oog. than it feels good to fight. Yeah, but, but that can easily be remedied by going to the gym and fighting all of your yeah. buddies. And in this case, I don't know. You know this guy. Oh, you you knocked out a weird homeless guy in the in the middle <laughs> yeah. of the road in yeah. front of your family. Like I don't see how that's yeah. cool. Yeah. You know that I mean maybe I don't know if that would feel good. I don't think so. Yeah. But yeah, it's kind of weird. This one time we went on this cruise. And it was me, Terry Tim, you know, he's mm-hmm. like Terry's huge. Yep. Like I'm kind of big or whatever. Tim and our, our girlfriends. This guy was behind us in the booth. We were at a restaurant or something. And um we were like whatever. I guess the booths were flimsy. So mm-hmm. we were shaking the booth. He was behind us. He got up all crazy. He's like, "Hey, got he's what did he say? He said, hey, yeah, you guys are big, but you guys keep knocking the booth. We're going to like basically called us out to a fight. He had like tattoos everywhere on his neck and mm-hmm. stuff. And at first I was like, man, is this guy joking? Like, or like what's going on? I was confused. And to be honest, I was like stunned. Like almost like I didn't, this scenario was so foreign to me. I was stunned. I didn't even know what to say. I don't even know what everyone else was doing. That's how stunned I was. But then Tim, he was kind of used to that kind of stuff. So he was like, is this guy serious right now? He just jumps and he, he like stands up, goes to fight him. But the guy was a weirdo. That's mm. the thing. It was like all of us big guys, you know? And Tim was like, he wasn't scared. Oh, he was ready to like fight. So he gets in his face. They're about to fight. We're on a cruise, by the way. We're fighting. You can't fight on a cruise. Mm, no. So it's this big scene, you know? And the guy like, he was like, I don't know. I guess he was ready to die or something because he was like, kind of down the fight and guys came and like i think broke it up or whatever we had to make this big report it was like this big thing so it was all just a pain in the ass is basically what we're saying exactly right <laughs> and, I'm, and i'm saying like what if we fought that guy you know yeah. taught him a lesson or yeah. what if tim fought him yeah or then whatever. tim's getting arrested and yeah. they got a lawsuit against Bro, him and we were on a cruise yeah now we gotta arrested. go someplace exactly yeah. it's all stupid yeah yeah don't do that kind of stuff next question jocko love the podcast Part of the question. Oh, thank you. Right on. Any suggestions for leading command staff to understanding the ground level troops in a mission? 
Okay, so for, for those of you that are not in the military, command staff, that's sort of, for the business world, that would be like corporate headquarters. You know, the corporate headquarters, you got the command staff, and it happens in both situations where you end up with, with the command staff or the corporate headquarters that kind of loses track of what, what they're actually there for, the ground level mission the troops that are on the ground. And this is a, a tough question, but it's also kind of a simple one. So I go back to trying to constantly remind people what the mission is. What are they trying to do? And I had a, the Admiral, when I was the Admiral's aide, I worked for the Admiral, great guy. And one of the things, I've probably talked about this before, but one of the best things that he did was because he's, he's so detached from the SEAL platoons, like there's layer upon layer upon layer in between him and them. And, and actually, believe it or not, the job of the admiral that's in charge of the SEAL teams, this is gonna sound strange to everybody, the job of the admiral that's in charge of the SEAL teams is to get equipment and gear and training for the SEAL teams now and for like the next 10 years because that's the way the budgetary process works in the, in the Pentagon and there's, so, so don't think of, when you think, I know you, you wanna think of the SEAL Admiral as the warfighter that's right, going right. forward. Mm. The guy that's actually in charge, the senior SEAL, now there, you could be in a special operations, but there's other places you could be, but the guy that's in charge of the SEALs, of, of Naval Special Warfare Command, that's what it's called, Naval Special Warfare Command, the Admiral that's in charge of that, which puts him in charge of all the SEALs, that guy, his main, his, his job is to train and equip SEALs. Mm. Train and equip, not take them into battle, mm. but train and equip. And so you end up with this whole organization where the purpose of the organization is to train and equip, but the organization is huge. Mm. And even that command organization gets very big. And so what they start doing is they start losing focus that 10 levels below them out somewhere overseas is, a, is an eight-man squad in a Zodiac off the coast of some nation doing a reconnaissance. Mm. It's very, they, they don't even think about it. They haven't right. thought about that for years. Yeah. And so they lose track, and it happens in the corporate world as well, where the, the, the head shed, that's, they're dealing with stuff too, right? They're dealing with legal problems. They're dealing with compliance problems. They're dealing with financial problems. They lose track of the fact that there's a guy on the front line that's trying to fix a car or mm. replace a, a, an air conditioner. You know, that that's the way it is. So you lose the vision of that. You lose track of that. So what was great about this admiral that I work for is in these big meetings where they would be talking about, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars of expenditures over the next 12 years and various training commands and all this stuff, huge. Mm. And he would always, you know, he would always say, how does this impact a SEAL platoon overseas? Mm. How does this, how does this help a SEAL assaulter go out and shoot a bad guy in the face. That's what he would ask. And that gets, snaps everybody, snaps everybody back into reality mm. of what they're, it connects to exactly what this question is. <clears throat> um, suggestions for leading command staff to understanding the ground level troops. You've gotta ask that question. In the business side, I've seen the same thing. You know, the guys totally lose track of it. So, so you, you end up, you gotta ask the question, hey, Everything that you're talking about, this, this compliance thing and this regulatory thing and this new software that you're talking about, let me ask you a question. How is this gonna help one of our frontline salespeople close a deal? That's the question. That's the whole reason that we're here. 
The whole reason that this big staff is here, the whole reason we have this building, mm. the whole reason we have this base is so that a seal overseas can close with and destroy the enemy. Or so, or if we're a big corporation, it's so that this repairman can make it to a, a house and fix an electrical problem in a short period of time efficiently and effectively. That's what we're all here for. So I think that's what you have to do. You have to keep reminding them of what's going on down on the front lines, what the mission is, what the men are doing, what issues are out there. Another thing you could take is you want to take these people with you or you want to get anecdotal information. That's I know it's cheap. It's cheap to do this. But you go out and you gather anecdotal information that you can bring back to headquarters and say, hey, you know what? I know we're all doing a good job here. Let me tell you, the troops on the ground need this cold weather gear. Right now, they don't have it. Here's a here's a message I just got from a guy overseas. They're up in northern Iraq. We thought it was going to be warm. Guess what? It's 32 degrees. There's snow on the ground. These guys aren't prepared for it. We need to get in this gear. Okay, so you're using anecdotal information to to paint the picture of what's going on yeah. in the front lines. Mm-hmm. Same thing with, you know, if you're a corporate guy and you want to make sure people stay engaged, go out on a call with that electrician that's visiting a house on a on a where there's been a breaker blown and the guys working through the the payment system that you devised that you thought was so smart it doesn't get connection while you're out in the field and now he can't run a credit card. Yeah. You want to come back and tell them tell the head shed that. Yeah. So, those are some of the things another thing that you can do is is you ask those questions all the time and maybe you just come up with some kind of a mantra that you repeat all the time and that you sign your emails with that says, you know, we're here to support. We're here to support the frontline guys. We're here for the frontline, you know, or ask yourself the question, does this help the frontline? Every decision that we make, we got to ask ourselves, does this help our frontline? Does this help our frontline personnel? Um, and I think that's what you got to do. Now, one thing that you got to be ready for on this you got to be ready for someone to say they don't understand the big picture. This is what you got to be ready for because I've heard this. Wait, who's going to say that? The, the corporate. Oh, okay. You go to the corporate and say, look, you know, we got the guys on the front lines. We need to get them this gear. And they go, look, they don't understand the big picture. Uh, right. We can't afford that right now. We don't. Look, Okay. <laughs> I hear what you're saying. But be ready for it. It's an excuse. Mm. It's an excuse. And you got to be ready for it. And the way that you get ready for it, and I've talked about this a million times, the way you get ready for it is you have ammunition. You have ammunition, you gotta have your ducks in a row. If you're gonna raise your hand and say, hey, here's what's going on the front lines, here's here's a problem that they have, you can't you can't just back down when they say, hey, they don't know what's going on, they don't get it. Mm. They don't get the, that's a big thing they say in the military. They don't get the big picture. I would hear that threat and I'd say, you know what? Actually, we do get the big picture. We're living the big picture. You don't get the big picture. Mm-hmm. Here's the big picture. I got frontline troopers that need cold weather gear or they're gonna freeze and not be able to operate. Yeah. The picture doesn't get any bigger than that. (laughs) Now, you can't, of course, come across like that. And what you have to do is you have to look at it systematically and over a long term and say this is about plan. And I've got a plan for the long term of how we're going to get these guys this cold weather gear in the future. But right now, we've got a little fix that's going to cover these guys that are in the field right now. You've got to come armed with ammunition Mm. so that you you can refute this common call that gets made, which is they don't understand the big picture out in the field, so don't worry about them. No, the only reason we're here is for those guys in the field. So let's remember them. And that's pretty good. Mm. Next question. You talk about stepping back or detaching to better assess situations. Can you expand on how you detach? 
Okay, so this is again. This is one I've been asked. I probably even an- if I answered this before. Yes. Should we just skip it? Uh, no. I think okay. it's worth it. You know. Okay, I'll I'll go over it. I'll go over it quickly since people ask me all the time. Okay, first of all, you want to detach. Step back. Literally step back. If you're online with a bunch of people in a combat situation, literally step back. If you're if you're in a combat situation, high point your weapon. Point your weapon at the sea, at the roof, at the sky, whatever. You're not going to engage any targets. You're going to step back. If you're in a if you're in a business environment, step away from the computer. <laughs> step away from the terminal. Put down your pen. Back away. There's a you're in a meeting, heated meeting. You need to detach. Stand up. Back away from the table. But literally stand back and step away. Once you do that. You, you relax. Now, the, that physical part that I just talked about of literally stepping back, mm-hmm. that's something that it's a, it's a physical reminder of what to do. You mm-hmm. can get to a point in your life where you don't need to do that yeah. or where you usually don't have to do that, but things can still escalate quickly to where even the most highly trained detached person <clears throat> still has to t- step back yeah. and, and take, a, take a wrap off and mm-hmm. take a look around. So... In most of these situations, especially when you're first starting to try and do it, physically step back. Physically do something that indicates to you as a person, and it actually indicates to everyone around you that you're doing this. Like when somebody stands up from the table and steps back, it's an indicator. Okay, he's taking a wrap off. Right? It's all dramatic. We get it. Yeah, actually, we're trying not to be dramatic, <laughs> but it's going to be dramatic anyways. Yes, it is. Now, take a breath. Take a breath. Look around. And make a call. That's that's it. That's how easy it is to detach. Now, the, hard, the actual hard part of detachment is being self-aware enough that you know when to detach. That's the that's the challenging part because they end up in the situation. By the time by the time they go, man, I should have detached. Yeah, that's right. You should have detached. You lost your temper. You got involved. You couldn't make a decision. You got dragged into the weeds like everybody else did. Mm-hmm. It's it's if somebody if I would have and I've done this plenty of times when I was training seal platoons. I would just go up to the leader who was getting dragged in a situation. I'd be like, hey, step back with me. I'd take them two steps off the line. I'd be like, look around. And then yeah. they'd be easily be able to make a decision. Yeah. That's, the, that's the easy part. The easy part is step, the, stepping back. The hard part is knowing that you need to do it. Mm. Because it's like, <clears throat> I guess it's uh, to use the stupid analogy of the boiling frog, right? Where you put a, bo- you put a frog in water. You slowly start to boil it. Next thing you know, it's next thing it knows it's dead. It didn't realize that. The, if you threw it into hot water, it would just try and jump out immediately. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> it's the same thing here. You don't you don't get walk into a room and the chaos is going on. No, you walk into the room and everything seems okay, and then it starts to escalate, escalate, escalate. Next thing you know, you're in it. And next thing you know, something bad has happened, and you didn't detach in time, so you lost the bubble and you lost control, and everything mm. went sideways. So you gotta know, you gotta understand when it is you need to detach. You gotta have your own personal red flags to tell you. That it's time to relax when you feel yourself getting frustrated. When you start getting like that, you need to mm-hmm. detach. When you feel, if you're getting flustered, you go back, okay, detach. If you start feeling angry or you start feeling the white knuckles mm. or you start pecking hard at the keyboard, right? <laughs> sure. Right? When you yeah. type an email out and you're hitting the keyboard hard, yeah, it's an indicator. Indicator, for sure. you better not hit send because whatever you wrote isn't good. It's not going to yeah. solve any problems. Your raised voice, right? You start mm-hmm. raising the voice. You start getting angry and aggro with people. Those are the little things. Those are the little indicators that tell you you need to detach, step back, take a breath, look around, walk out of the room, put your weapon at high port. Just relax. 
look around, make a call. One more thing. Sometimes, sometimes what, what, the reason you need to detach is just so you can see something from a different angle. And you can yeah. ask a question. I, lo- I personally love doing this. I'm in a, <clears throat> in a meeting, right? And I work with a bunch of businesses. <clears throat> and it actually gets pretty, you know, I'm getting involved in what they're doing. And they'll be all basically staring at a problem, mm. right? Staring at a problem. And they, and they can't figure out what the solution, whether it's a leadership problem or a process problem. And they're all staring at this problem. And they can't come to a solution. Well, I come in, first of all, I'm totally detached, right? Yeah. It's, it's one of the benefits of my job is I'm totally detached. So when I come in, a lot of times, my what I bring to the situation or what I can see is I can just ask a question that none of them could think to ask because they're all looking in the same direction. As soon as you flank that idea, you see it from a different angle, you come up with a solution. So so what I'm my point in this is, don't only use detachment to prevent your emotions from driving your decisions. Also, use detachment as part of your creative process to detach from your current thought pattern and move to a new thought pattern where you can create new ideas and different plans from different angles that were not seen from your previous vantage point. Interesting. <clears throat> it's good. I guess we did get a little bit out of that detachment yeah. there. Yeah. Revisit. Revisitation. Next question. How to deal with people who use military vet status to excuse bad behavior in the civilian world? Yeah, this is an unfortunate one to have to answer. And it, unfortunately, I have to start it off with the same way I made this point about jujitsu and jujitsu practi- practitioners not necessarily being good people. Oh, yeah. Unfortunately, it's the same thing with veterans, just like it's the same thing in every aspect of life. Mm-hmm. Just because someone is a veteran does not mean that they are a good person and being at war is certainly not an excuse for bad behavior. And I have a couple examples, a couple examples just to think about. Major Major Kurt Chu In Lee, mm-hmm. you remember this guy? Navy Cross, this is the guy that wore the pink vest at, at Inchon so his men could identify him. The enemy mm. could identify him clearly too, but mm. he was the leader. He saw hell, right? Wounded, men died, 27 of his men made it. I mean, just ridiculous. And guess what he did when he, re, when he got out of the uh, Marine Corps? Oh, went to work for an insurance company for 20 years, right? So, Joe Owen, Joe Owen, who, you know, same, same, Chosen reservoir battle, never regained the use of the of his arm that was wounded, was medically retired from the Marine Corps. Guess what he did with all that angst and horror? Guess what he did? Yeah, he created and ran his own marketing business until he retired. Hmm. Now, you remember John Chafee from that book, The Coldest War? He was the captain that I kind of wanted. The reason I did that book was because he was profiled in there and he just was a great leader. 
Well, I, I don't even know if I, I don't remember if I talked about this, but he turned 20 years old at the Battle of Guadalcanal, right? World War II, he fought at Okinawa, World War II. Then he went to went back, went to school, went, went to either Yale or Harvard or both, but then Korea kicked off, so then he went to Korea and got after it more. So all this war, what did he do with all that? And came home, you know, became the mayor of Providence there in Rhode Island, became the governor of Rhode Island, and then he became secretary of the Navy. But so my point in saying these things is veterans are not broken humans. They're not deranged people. They're just people. And they've seen some stuff. And most of them are carry on and do awesome. The greatest generation, think of the greatest generation, all those World War II vets, they saw horrors of war, guess what they did? Came home and dominated. <laughs> That's what they did. So men and women can overcome the impact of war. Or, or, or at least they can learn to work with it. Because even if you, you know, it's even if you have those things that stress you out, okay. But guys learn how to deal with it. Of course. Th- that being said, war it does leave a mark, and obviously sometimes it can have a extremely negative effect. So, if you know someone like that, well, let's get those veterans some help if they need it, and and get them some support. Also, make sure you're not enabling this bad behavior. Mm-hmm. This is what you don't want to do. You don't want to, you don't want to enable this bad behavior. The vets that I meet, they're 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 fired up. They're not they're not complaining about anything. They're getting after it. Don't enable the bad behavior. It doesn't help anyone. And and it's one of those things that it it, it might make you feel better. Might make me feel better to to help someone out and say, hey, you know, I understand. Cause, you know, here's let me enable your behavior some more, and it might make me feel better because I feel like I've done a good deed, but you haven't done a good deed. Yeah, you've actually not helped them at all. That's one thing I think that's good if you find other vets for them to talk to, mm. because other vets will say, "Man, I understand, bro. It's okay, but." Let's not dwell on that past stuff. Let's move forward. This guy's offering you a job, or this guy has a, a job for you to do, or this guy has a position you can fill. Do that. Yeah. Do that. Don't dwell in the past. The past is gone. War's hell. I know. Now let's live in the heaven we got here in the United States of America. Let's let's take advantage of that and yeah. not dwell in the past. You know, and I, this is this is another small thing, but I just hear so much about it. Um, from people, if you got somebody, have them listen to the podcast, to this podcast. I hear from a vet every single day. I hear from vets around America that are like, hey man, thanks. Thanks for having the podcast. Thanks for what you talk about. I, I get it. Appreciate it. A guy just, a guy just, you know, sent me a, a message today. He's like, look, man, I didn't have a gun in my mouth. But he goes, I wasn't doing good. I'm on track. I'm training jujitsu. Literally, I'm training jujitsu. Mm. I'm in the gym. I'm I'm busting my ass at my job. Appreciate it. That's all it is. That's mm. all it is. Because I think when people listen, when vets listen to the podcast, they go, "Okay, cool." There, there's other people. They know we're yeah. we're in the game together. Yeah. They feel that they feel that connection, and they know that they're not alone. Because yeah. that's the thing that's jacked up, man. Veterans that get they go to war and they come back and they go somewhere where they're just not. There's no one there. Yeah. And all this is. 
is a big bullshit session. You know what I mean? Between, you know, a veteran that's in a book and I'm having a bullshit vet session with, with Joe Owen. You know, that's what it is. Mm-hmm. And so I think guys, veterans, they hear that and they go, yeah, man, I'm, I, I appreciate it. Yeah. So have them listen to the podcast and, and that might be helpful to get them feeling like they're not alone out there. Yeah. I would think that that's the main thing. Like people don't, like you don't understand me, you know. You don't understand, like, well, I mean, not to sound too soft, but like you don't understand how I feel about right, like right. this, even day to day stuff. Like the way I'm seeing this right now, you don't understand. Yeah. So you do, yeah. You end up feeling. I'm assuming is yeah. what it seems like. Guys end up feeling alone, and yeah. they're out there, and they're like, and they, the other thing <laughs> is they feel like people don't understand me. Yeah. And like I'm here I'm saying, you're right. They don't. Yeah. They haven't been to war. And the, the experience of war is all over the place. I mean, I wouldn't even, yeah. I wouldn't even, I would shine, you know, I would shine Major Kurt Chu Ian Lee's boots every day for the rest of my life if I had the opportunity to. Like that guy's experience. I mean, just, I, I'm not gonna, I'm not even the same ballpark. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Not even the same close, not close for what those guys went through at the show's reservoir. And it goes all the way down to some guy that you know was overseas that was in the military, didn't even deploy to Iraq or Afghanistan. Not their fault. They might have wanted to, but sometimes it just doesn't happen. Yeah. So the the military experience is all those things, yeah. and you don't know what you're dealing with. But one thing we do know is that it is a common experience. You know, going to war it does have some common threads to it, and I think that it is hard for people that haven't experienced it to understand, yeah. and it makes people feel a little bit like alone out there. So when they hear other vets talking about what goes on, they go, yeah, man, all right, cool. These are not abnormal feelings that I'm having. Right. And they can move on. And I don't know if I've really answered the question of of how to deal with people who use their status as an excuse to bad behavior. I think just like any uh, anyone else, man, you gotta gotta do your best to put them in their place. And I think what makes non-veterans feel intimidated, man, when I was a kid, I looked up to all the Vietnam veterans. Yeah. And I just thought these guys, whatever they they could do, no wrong in my eyes. You know, when I was a kid, I was like, "No, that guy's awesome. That guy was that guy was a nom. You know, yeah. that guy could do no wrong." And I think that's a feeling that a lot of civilians have. Like they don't want to approach the subject. Right. And if you feel that way, it's understandable. It's hard, but find some vets around that can help you. That can that can help that person. That can talk to them about what they're doing. I mean, you know, every company that I work with, there's veterans at every company I work with. Some, you know, usually have multiple veterans. Mm. So find some other veterans. A lot of the one thing that's another cool thing that companies do is within their company, they'll have like a veteran program or a Mm. veteran club basically inside Mm. their company. That's another cool thing. Do that, get that thing started. Mm. You know, even if you're not a vet, find the senior vet or the vet that's fired up to do it. Bring him in, and then those guys can get together, talk, and talk about doing better, and talk about bringing some of their military experience to bear in the company, and it just will turn out good. So those little veterans organizations, that's what they call them, veterans organizations inside of companies are pretty cool. Mm-hmm. I've, I've spoken to a few of them. It's, it's a pretty cool deal. Next question. How does default aggressive apply to jujitsu? Or does it apply to jujitsu? Well... Good question. Now, well, first of all, it, it doesn't apply during training, okay? It, but it completely applies during competition and obviously it applies 
in the streets. Mm. So, so, so what I mean by that is in training, it's okay to get in bad positions. It's okay to let things happen. It's okay to let somebody grab that collar or grab that sleeve or get across. It's okay. I mean, those, it's okay to put yourself at risk mm. in competitions. That's okay. Matter of fact, it's, it's encouraged in a lot of ways. In training. Yeah, in training. It's yeah. encouraged in training. But in competition, you can't do that. You, you, can, you cannot do that. In the street, you definitely cannot do that. And in fact, in the street, you've got to proactively and aggressively, first of all, avoid the bad situation. But if they come, then you've got to handle those situations with aggression and speed and violence of action. That's what you've got to do. So competition is kind of the same way. In competition, if you give a guy an inch, if you give a guy a grip, if you give a guy a position, they will not, they will not let go of it. It's not happening. They, they, will, they will hang on to that thing like, like with the gi in competition, somebody gets a grip on some part of your gi, they, they, they white knuckle that thing, especially, especially in the lower belts. But it's the higher belts too, man. It's every belt. Yeah. Because that gi, that grip, can be the difference between winning and losing. Period. Yep. So you you gotta you gotta aggressively avoid that. You gotta be aggressive with your positions. Now in training, again, you let it happen. But here's something that can happen in training. Sometimes you get guys that get used to training and they go into competition. They get overrun. Hmm. They get overwhelmed and overrun because they they thought, man, I'll just oh the guy grabs my collar. Hey, Jocko grabs my collar all, every time we roll. Right. And they don't realize that when this guy grabs your collar, he's going to attack. Yeah. And so what you have to do, and the other thing is in, in a competition, there's a time limit. Because there is, there is kind of a, a uh, there's such a thing sort of as a counter puncher in jujitsu, yeah. right? Yeah. Someone that, and, and I'm kind of like that, yeah. right? Like I don't, I don't usually force a move to happen. Usually yeah. I'm going to let you make your own mistakes. I'm going to let my opponent make a bad move and then I'm going to capitalize on it because yeah. there's a lot less work for me. I mean, mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's a lot less work when your opponent gives you, right. gives you the submission or gives you the transition or gives you the sweep than trying to make it happen. But again, in competition, it, it doesn't really work because they're not going to give, they're not going to take any risk. Yeah. They're not going to take any risk, and there's probably not going to be any openings. Now, again, another piece of this in a long match, maybe my, you know, maybe I'm just trying to tire somebody out. Yeah. Now, in the gym, I have an unlimited time to do that. I can tire somebody out for 20 minutes just trying to let them pa pass my guard, and they're trying to pass my guard the whole time. I'm getting them tired, getting them tired, getting them tired, and finally they expose themselves. Boom, I put the choke on. Good, I win. That took 20 minutes. This happens on a daily basis. Well, yeah. In a competition, I just lost yeah. because it was a 10-minute match, and the other guy was on top for 10 minutes yeah. trying to pass and he got the advantage and he wins. Yeah. So you can't, that can't be your strategy if there's no time limit. It's the same thing in war, right? In war, you can have a strategy of, I'm just gonna wear the other person out. I mean, the, the, v, the, Viet, uh, the Vietnamese did it to America, right? They just kind of wore us out. Look at what the Russian strategy of, that they used against Napoleon, they used against the Nazis. Oh, you wanna come at us? Cool, we're just gonna back up a little bit at a time. Back up a little bit of time, back up a little bit of time, here comes the winter. And and now you're gonna freeze to death and we're gonna surround you and you're gonna kill you. Mm. But that's the same type of strategy. It doesn't work if you if you have a limited amount of time to win. 
Yeah. You, you have to have, if you, if you have a limited amount of time, which most cases you do, you have to have a default aggressive attitude and make things happen the way you want them to happen, not the way your opponent wants to happen. Have them happen, not the way your enemy wants them to happen. And it's the same thing, obviously, in business and in life. The good things. The good positions, the good details, the good promotions, the rewards. They're not going to come and knock on your door. You got to go out and you got to take them. You got to make them happen. On the mat, in business, and in life. So get default aggressive. That's my recommendation. Yeah, it's weird. And jujitsu is so ambiguous as far as like a like an art and there's like this big spectrum and there's all these exceptions, you know, how you say the counter puncher mm-hmm. in jujitsu where like some guys even like they can, you can be a counter puncher in jujitsu and still be like aggressive. But so your first move won't be like, okay, if you're going for a sweep, your first move won't be the sweep. Yeah. You'll go, okay, I'm going to do this other thing. I know his reaction is going to open him up for the sweep. Well, for sure. For sure. That's that's yeah, that's cover and move actually. It's cover and move. It's flanking. It's yeah, yeah, it's flanking, flanking. because yeah, because you know I start attacking your neck and you pull your hand up to defend it. Boom! That took your base away. I'm sweeping you. Right. Right. Boom. That's that's what it was. It was a cover move. I'm covering yeah. my actual attack with my other move. Yeah. Or you can call it a flank because you think I'm going to come at the front, but then I'm flanking you from the side with right. the sweep. Yeah, when you put all your troops on the front, you know, the front. Yeah, it's it's almost like, that's almost like a philosophical question where you can answer it as it applies to something specific. So, like, for example, like default aggressive in jiu-jitsu, meaning my default aggressive way of approaching it will give me advantage in this way, where... I'm going to impose my game, whether that's the counter punching game, whether it's the wear him out for a while game, whether it's, you know, mm-hmm. overrunning with my conditioning, game, whatever that <clears throat> game is, I'm going to aggressively put it on him before he puts it on me default, like right from the time the guy says go or, you know, when it goes down the street, whenever, even in training, whatever you're training like that, if you want. So that'll keep him in the defensive where he can't get his game going on you. You know, he's defending your game the whole time. Yeah. You definitely, definitely want to impose your will. We say that all the time with UFC yep. fighters. You, you want the, the UFC fighter that imposes his will on the other fighter is going to yep. win. Yeah. <laughs> They're going to win. It's, and it's the same thing with war. You yeah. impose your will on the enemy. That's what you do. You yeah. impose your will on the enemy and you'll break them. Yeah, man. That's why you see guys like in UFC, they'll, they'll run to the, the middle of the ring, you know? Because they're like controlling right. the ring, or like a BJ Penn would all be if he's coaching somebody, he'd be like, "Be first, be first, be first. Yep. You know, it's like you put him so the guy got to defend the whole time. And Keep it's, it on it's, him. it's when you when you're going against a striker that, that has that attitude and is being first. It's <laughs> it's cow, not fun. Yeah. Oh, it's yeah. not fun. They're hitting you, and you're not you're just defending the whole time. Yeah, and it's hard to turn it around. Yeah, yeah, man. You can tell like. When you roll against a guy, and we talked about this before, when you roll against a guy, and even if he's not, like, his game isn't aggressive, but right when you lock up with him, you can tell he's, just like, just in the correct position. Mm-hmm. You're like, dang, I can't get, like, a good, like, and when you, you're like, okay, I'm going to get in my position, and he just adjusts, like, immediately. 
you that know could, you're in trouble yeah you're like oh dang that's that's <laughs> in a way even though that might be like kind of like a passive game sometimes it's like just his game being put on you position wise in this case yeah is that default as opposed to like you know, like, you know, sometimes like in training, you, you, you're training with me and be like, OK, I'm going to it's essentially letting someone get in into a good position on you. So you're training your defense or whatever. Yeah. That's different. That's like that's not default aggressive. No, you know? you're talking about I'm really good from the half guard. Yeah. So I let you get past my full guard to the half guard. And now you're in my world like something right. like that. Yeah, that would be. I guess would that be considered well, default it, it's aggressive? like stilts. Stilts yeah. has his weird game because he's tall and lanky yeah. and f- and flexible. Mm-hmm. And so he does things like he'll stick his foot in a place where any normal situation in jujitsu, you'd grab his foot all day long. Yeah, That's what he wants you to do. Yeah. And I was just telling him the other day, I said, all these little things that you want me to do, I'm not doing any of them. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's weird. weird. And it, you just stop doing them. And so we, that, the way he imposes his will is by giving up these bait. He just throws bait out there all day yeah. long. And he wants you to get you into these positions that he's good at. Yeah. And so you can't take the bait. You can't take the bait. And sometimes the bait is ripe looking. Yeah. It's like ripe for the harvest. Yeah. And it's everywhere. Too. And it's everywhere. Yeah. And so you got to just say, nope, I'm going to stick to the game plan here. Yeah. I'm going to impose my will, which is I'm not going to grab the bait. Yeah. And that's so crazy because like I said, kind of philosophically, that is a default aggressive thing when all you're throwing out is Absolutely. bait. So instead of imposing my game, I'm like kind of lured by this bait. Even if you know the bait is there, you're on your heels because you're watching out for the trap. Well, this is just to kind of, I think, down the same vein that you're talking about, I, I talk about, I talk about safety. Like I'll talk to companies about safety, mm. you know, industrial companies or construction companies or manufacturing companies that have you know, can have people get killed mm. if they're not careful. And so I talk about being aggressive. And, you, you know, it's okay, well then, Jocko, how does default aggressive gonna keep us safe? Because if I got guys that are out on a construction site being super aggressive all day, guess what? They're gonna take risks that they shouldn't. And I say, absolutely wrong, because guess what you're gonna get aggressive with? You're gonna aggressively implement your safety procedures. You're going to yeah. aggressively like, hey, you know what? I see a guy walking around the job site without a helmet. We're all over him. Right. Hey, jackass, put your helmet on. Get over here. I'm writing you. Whatever you're going to do. Right. Right. Oh, I see a guy without a seatbelt. Hey, you're not allowed to be on the site without a without a, uh, a seatbelt on. Get over here. You got to, you know, we're docking your pay. You're going to get aggressive in the implementation of your safety procedures. And yes, that will make you safer. Yeah. So it's, yeah, I guess um, when you hear the word aggressive, you okay. automatically I'll think give you another physical. example. Yeah. I'll give you another physical example. Another physical example is okay, we're in a defensive perimeter. I don't have enough men to move, or I've got wounded guys. I am going to aggressively set security. Right. right? I'm going to put a big machine gun over here. I'm going to get that high ground over there. So you can do things aggressively, even though by their nature, they might not seem aggressive yeah. at first. Yeah. I think that's what you're trying to say. Yeah. Yeah. Fully. So it's, it, it, it's almost like it's deeper. It's deeper than just like physically just jumping in. You Absolutely. Know? It's, it, it's it, more like the, the, the idea of whatever's going on. Here's another one. I am going to aggressively ignore you no i'm going to aggressively counsel you and mentor you now the worst thing i could do is go echo you better listen to me that's the worst thing i could do Mm -hmm. but to be aggressive in doing that what am i going to do i'm going to 
set really good goals. I'm going to flank you. I'm going to get into your mind. I'm do, I'm being aggressive, yeah. but it's not an external aggression. It's yeah. an internal aggression that only I know is happening. You're going to know what's happening in a year when you've all of a sudden improved and you've been successful. And you go, dang, man, Jocko's really helped me out with some stuff. I didn't really realize that was going on, but he did. Yeah. I was aggressively doing it, but you would have never called it aggressive from an external viewpoint. Yeah, so it's as opposed to, let's say, like some sort of a laid back approach, right? Like if, if, yeah. you're, if you have a laid back approach to security, if you have a laid back approach to mentorship right. or whatever. Or a laid back approach the, to safety. Well, yes, well none exactly. of those things are good. Exactly. That's why we have a default aggressive attitude about things. <laughs> there you go. We Clarified. Get, we get after it. I don't know, though. One could say that, back to the question, one could say that having a laid-back attitude in jiu-jitsu, then again, on the street, that'll be less likely. To have a laid-back, yeah. Jiu-jitsu in the street. There's exceptions everywhere, I would think, but I would say, you know, if it's going down, it's going down. Default aggressive. Get aggressive in the street. Yeah. I'm telling you right now. Yeah. Once it goes, once it happens, once the decision has been made, yeah, get after if it. If it's go time, if it's not go time, it's not go. Avoid go, it go as time. long as you can. Yeah. Avoid it as long as you can. Yeah. But when you got to go, go hard. Go, go hard. Go Legit. Dang, I think we are at our last question, my friend. Cool. Jocko, does complacency come with age? I see a lot of guys that back off as they get older. Do you have the urge to back off? Does complacency come with age and do I have the urge to back off? <laughs> Negative. Negative. Back off, not happening. You know, I hear that I'm over 40, I'm pushing 50, whatever. Bring it. B back off, Negative not happening in fact i'm stepping it up i'm training harder eating cleaner i'm training more i'm learning and reading and studying more now than i ever have in my whole life do i get dinged up of course i do they take some some injuries yeah You know what? No factor. No factor. Deal with them. Because you know what? You know what I hear? I hear the clock ticking. That's what I hear. And the end is nigh. And time waits for no man. And you young guns out there, 18 years old, 20 years old, 24 years old, listen. Life goes by, and it goes by quick. Don't waste those years. Don't waste them. Live them. Now, I, I know. I, I know that you don't think you're going to live to be 30, much less 40, but you are and you will. And the earlier you get in the game, and get on track, the better life you're gonna have. Healthier, wealthier, stronger, smarter, better. Better. And if you're an old man, 
like me, and you haven't gotten on track yet, get on track. Get on it now. Everyone, everyone listening to this, here's the deal. No complacency. No complacency. No backing off. No slack whatsoever. Fight. Fight that ticking clock with everything you got. So, like the end of a hard day, you can put your head down with ease. Satisfied that you've given your best. And I think that's all I've got for tonight. Now, Echo, if anyone wants to get in the game as far as this podcast goes, what's the best way for them to do that? Well, it's as far as this podcast goes and as far as they go. Hmm. I don't know if I'd call it help. I'd call it supplemental additions to your life. Supplements on it.com slash Jocko. You get 10% off for real supplements. And I said this before, but I think we should say it again that sometimes when you buy <laughs> Something supplements, tells me you're going to say it. Again. Yeah, I'm going to say it again because I don't, I, I don't think are you going to talk about chalk. Yeah, I'm going <laughs> to. Okay. Because sometimes I don't know how it is now. I've been out of the supplement game for a while as, as far as taking protein powders. And as far all this. as the bad supplements. Yeah, or just we'll just say the general mix of supplements, you know, power gainer 5000 mm-hmm. or whatever recovery, uh, you know, X, Y, Z, whatever. Sometimes it can just be nonsense in there. But yep. on it, you know, going in, I think we all know that it's like it's the legit one. The only legit one that I know of for sure. The one that I know guaranteed is legit. Put it that way that I do anyway. Um, I would recommend krill oil 100%. Krill oil is real. Take yeah. it. It's for your joints. I take three 500 milligram krill oil in the morning and I, three in the evening. Oh, dang. Six. Yes. Dang. Okay. That's what I do. That's I take how three I a day. Okay. That's fine. My daughter lifts them up to the sun. And she thinks it's like a red jelly bean. Oof. It doesn't taste like a red no, jelly bean. <laughs> don't eat it. Don't chew it. No, you just don't swallow chew it. Them. Yeah, it's a little thing. Anyway, that's the krill oil. Uh, the the warrior bars. That's a big deal, I think. Um, they're like uh, they're the opposite of a donut in every way except for taste. Yeah, they're gluten free <laughs> too. By the way, yeah, they taste well. They taste different than a donut, but just as good, if not better, my opinion. Better. I ate three of them all at once. I just called it a meal. It's my meal. <laughs> do you stack three them together warrior. or do you do individually? <laughs> no, bro. Individually. Yes. But anyway, um, and also Shroom Tech. So a lot of people, you know how people, they'll say, hey, a lot of people been asking me when you know, like, bro, a lot of people haven't been asking mm-hmm. you. You're just making like a lot of people are asking. You. I'm not saying everyone that says that does that, but I'm just saying sometimes you think. But there's, for there's, real, a lot of people have been asking me. Is Shroom Tech real? 
is shroom tech real? I hear good things, all this stuff. Okay, shroom tech is real. Shroom tech sport. I haven't tried shroom tech immune. Have you? I haven't tried it either. Yeah. Because I'm more in the sport mode. Right, right. You usually sport, not sick. Oh. oh, but you can just have it because you just want your general immunity to be solid. That's like a good solid thing. Nonetheless, shroom tech sport is real. And I made this analogy again. I think it's worth saying again or before. So again, I think you're going to say it again, regardless if we think it's worth it or not. Yes. So let's just do so, it. So like, okay, this is how it works in layman's terms. You know, when you're driving a car and it's, it's about to red, the needle's going to go into red. Mm-hmm. You're like revving it. With RPMs. Boom. You're going to be in the green. You're going to get to the yellow, even the orange. And when you get, when you hit the red, you can't, you can't pull ahead. Can't pull ahead if you're in the red. So what the shroom tech does, you take the shroom tech, boom, you're going, you're in the green. You're going to hit the yellow a little bit, a little bit later than normal. You're going to hit the orange, maybe. And you, the shroom tech is just going to keep you in the orange, going to keep the needle in the orange, maybe even in the yellow. And you're going to notice that. Okay. That's how it works. Anyway, get 10% off Understood. if you go on it.com slash Jocko. There you go. Boom. Support yourself, support your wallet, support the podcast, Jiboha. Good way. Also, if you shop at Amazon, which we all do, Christmas has probably gone at this point, but we still need normal stuff. Duct tape. What? Pens. Pens. Cables. Right? From your TV or whatever. Anyway. When you before you shop on Amazon, uh, you click through our website, which is jocklepodcast.com. On the side there, there's a little Amazon banner. You click there, boom, do your shopping. You can support that way. I use the analogy of the little sodium piece that when you throw it in the water, it, it makes this big explosion situation. That's kind of the, the, the comparison as far as supporting this podcast. Because when you click through the Amazon banner, it's like such a small thing. It's so easy. It doesn't cost you nothing. But then the support that it brings is like a lot, you know? Yeah. Bro, I'm telling you. Well, it's we, good. we appreciate the, that. Yes. Small we'll, gesture of, yeah. of support yeah. to the podcast. The small gesture goes a long way. Yeah, especially when you team it up with a bunch of other people. The death of a thousand cuts will kill someone. Yep. But the life of a thousand clicks... Is what we did. Just a, just the small clicks. Is echoes looking at me like I said something bad? No, no, good. You oh, said it good. It the good. life of a thousand clicks. The life of a thousand clicks. Yeah. You click on that thing. Just. Yeah. Yep. You're gonna get some duct tape. Might not seem like a big deal, but if a bunch of people got duct tape and they all click through, maybe it turns into a big deal. Yeah. Then we don't have to put advertisements on here. Yeah. Which we don't want to do. Yeah. Or we could. Maybe we will. Jocko will be reading advertising. I, I don't, I don't think so. Yeah, yeah. I don't think it's happening because we got support from. Speaking of duct tape, folks. Um, remember the Penn State duct tape? Yeah, from Sarah. Sarah, two blades. Yeah. Sarah, I need some more duct tape. <laughs> <laughs> um. Anyway, yeah, back to the Amazon. Yeah, so go to the website, click through the Amazon before you do the shopping. That's a good way to support. Good way. Thank you guys for that. Um, also, subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. Or on Google Play or on Stitcher, Stitcher or yeah. on, what's the other ones? Those are the big ones. Yeah. 
other stuff. Yeah, what other yeah. things you might need. Yeah, use. whichever one it's on, man. Um, that seems obvious, but that's a cool way to support. And then the YouTube as well, you know, we'll put some excerpts on there. More excerpts. That's the right word, right? Excerpts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, little bite-sized nuggets of Jocko wisdom that if you are inclined to share, you can share and kind of be ensured that they're, the likelihood of them listening to the whole thing is higher than if you just share the episode of the podcast. Yeah. Because if yeah. you're like, hey, uh, you know, here's the here's the good way to approach college and you want to share this with your friend because they got a son that's going to college or you're sharing it with your friend because they're going to college. They're going to listen to that way more likely than listening to two hours of that episode. It's a long time. Yeah. Because maybe they're going to college like that day or something. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Or they could just listen to it while they're in college, whichever. But anyway, they're just more consumable, we'd say. Yes. Yeah. Bite size. Bite size. Like a McNugget. Jocko McNuggets. Yep, exactly. So anyway, the point there is YouTube. That's a cool way to, to support and whatnot. Um, anyway, there, and there's a store. Jocko has a store. It's called Jocko Store. And there's T-shirts and whatnot on there. Um, they're, they're cool shirts. I think so. I don't, I'm not like one of those people where they're like, they're cool t-shirts cause that's a subjective thing. So I would encourage, invite people to go to jockostore.com. Look at the t-shirts. That's it. That's all. That's all. Look at them. If you want to buy one, if you notice the layers, if the layers resonate, <laughs> I thought you gave up on the layers. Still, now you're back in the we're game. We're still doing layers. Yeah, we're still all doing right. it. If they resonate with you and you're compelled to get a shirt, support the podcast, represent the layers in your part of the world. <laughs> if you're a cadet at West Point, if you're a guy with a truck with a bumper sticker on it, no matter who you are, if you choose to want to represent, do all that, get it, get a shirt, get a sticker, get a patch, a hoodie, get a hoodie, get a rash guard. If you're, you know, if you don't have a rash guard and you're doing jujitsu or cycling or running, CrossFit, anything with like a lot of activity, get a rash guard if you haven't already, if you want. Anyway, there is also psychological warfare. We went through really the, 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 what the beginnings or the per not the purpose, what do you call it? The, the, the formation. The formation. The story behind The story that. behind it. Last time. Basically, it's Jocko's version of those days where you kind of got to... This is my words. In my own words. Jocko's version of the... You know, those days where you got to talk yourself into doing the workout. Or not eating, you know, a whole thing of Oreos or whatever. And you got to talk yourself into... Not even into, one Oreo. Yeah. Just not the whole thing. One. Yeah. The moments of weakness. Yeah, when you got to talk yourself into it or out of something, you know, mm-hmm. like, hey, man, hey, d- d- you have to do this workout. Doesn't sound like that, but that's essentially, you know, what it is. Anyway, it's Jocko's version. You go on iTunes, you purchase either a track, 99 cents, or the album, like nine bucks, I think, something like that. I think it's actually nine ninety nine. Yeah. And there's a wake up one you can put on your, um, your alarm clock on your phone. To wake you up. Clear it with your wife. Or whoever you sleep with. <laughs> go over it. Go over the whole plan like a drill. like Kind of like a fire drill, really. Because 
I'm telling you, if the, if you hear that, even if you forgot that you put it on your phone and you hear that, <laughs> bro, I'm going to have some explaining to do. The feedback has been really good. Yeah. People that have had trouble waking up, they don't have trouble waking up anymore. <laughs> yep. People that have trouble when they when it's snack time, people that have trouble with that, they, they, can't, they can't say no to the donut. You, you get it? Get this. Get the psychological warfare yep. attack going on against the donuts. The psychological warfare will win. Yes, every okay. single time. Yep. And if you're having a hard time, if you're having a hard time figuring out which day is workout day and rest day, you know when you you're. I can help cons- you figure that out real yes, quick. Exactly right. <laughs> exactly. Yes, that's a good po- good point. Rest day. It isn't today. Yeah. By the way. Yeah, if you're or if you're switching your workout day to the rest day, like if you're doing those, which I used to do, this will help that for sure. I'll, I can all say that right now in public with 100% certainty <laughs> that it, that's it'll solve that problem. Sweet. Uh, also, Jocko White tea, it is available. It's in stock. It will 100% increase your deadlift. By 500 <laughs> percent. Uh, no, Jocko White Tea, pomegranate. It will make you deadlift a lot more weights, um, and that is 100 percent proven in in all scientific manners. Uh, no, just kidding. It tastes good, and it will make you better. The, you can drink it from a get after it mug, a mug that will tell you exactly what to do in the morning, and that is get after it. And if you like what we talk about on the podcast while you're on Amazon, after you click through the Jocko podcast website, then you get there and you pick up a, a copy of a book called Extreme Ownership. You might like it if you like the podcast. Talk about talk about leadership and talk about war. Two of my favorite things. <laughs> also, once again, Extreme Ownership Muster 002. May 4th and 5th at the Marriott Marquis in New York City. Come to it, you will dig it. The first one we had, people had no idea what we were gonna do. They had no idea. We didn't even put up, barely put up an agenda. People came anyways. We delivered, we had an awesome time. The The testimonials are cool. So you can know what you took, you can look for it this time. Or it's not so such a mystery. You what? can know what you're gonna get out of it. Echo's making some videos. Question? Well, is that you're talking about the schedule like this one you'll have like a schedule more well, no, of, we'll, we'll have a little bit more but just people didn't people just wondered what we were going to be doing there right and you know we they kind of just took it in faith that we were going to that they knew one thing that we were going to do there and that was get after it and we <laughs> yeah, did yes, sir. and so you know we're going to do it again and like i said i think i said this last time echoes making videos and once the videos come out and kind of show what's going on it's going to sell out because the, the footage from the first one is awesome and it's going to sell out quickly. So get in, get there now and get your tickets now so that you can come. You can hang out with a bunch of leaders, CEOs, mid-level managers, VPs, EVPs, owners, presidents. It's just everybody. And everybody that's in the game, of course, Leif and I are going to be there. We'll be right in the mix with you. Eck will be there. JP is going to be there getting after it with us deep discounted tickets if you're law enforcement firefighters of course military 
if you have questions about that or if you have like a corporate you're gonna bring 10 people 12 people 20 people from your company that's fine we can get you a discount as well contact the email muster at echelonfront.com or you can just go to the website extremeownership.com look forward to seeing you there and furthermore if you like hanging around with us here on the podcast and you want to keep hanging around with us a little bit you're in luck because we are hanging around on the interwebs on Twitter and on Instagram and if you're gonna be inside that Facebook boha we're gonna be there with you my friend so echo is at echo Charles and I am at Jocko Willink and finally thank you for all the questions and the feedback and the downloads and the support to the military personnel stay on your game and be aggressive to the vets thank you for your service to the police and firefighters thank you guys and girls for keeping us safe on the home front and to the rest of you fighters grinders troopers leaders keep pushing keep grinding let there be no complacency and let there be no slack let there only be getting after it so until next time this is echo and jocko out.